Chapter Five of a Dissertation Concerning the Nature of True Virtue by Jonathan Edwards. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Expatriate in Bangor, Maine. Chapter Five of Natural Conscience and the Moral Sense. There is yet another disposition or principle of great importance, natural to mankind which if we consider the consistence and harmony of nature's laws may also be looked upon as in some sort arising from self-love or self-union and that is a disposition in man to be uneasy in a consciousness of being inconsistent with himself and as it were against himself in his own actions this appears particularly in the inclination of the mind to be uneasy in the consciousness of doing that to others which he should be angry with them for doing to him if they were in his case and he in theirs or of forbearing to do that to them which he would be displeased with them for neglecting to do to him i have observed from time to time that in pure love to others that is love not arising from self-love there is a union of the heart with others a kind of enlargement of the mind whereby it so extends itself as to take others into a man's self and therefore it implies a disposition to feel to desire and to act as though others were one with ourselves so self-love implies an inclination to feel and act as one with ourselves which naturally renders a sensible inconsistence with ourselves and self-opposition in what we ourselves choose and do to be uneasy to the mind which will cause uneasiness of mind to be the consequence of a malevolent and unjust behaviour towards others and a kind of disapprobation of acts of this nature and an approbation of the contrary to do that to another which we should be angry with him for doing to us and to hate a person for doing that to us which we should incline to and insist on doing to him if we were exactly in the same case is to disagree with ourselves and contradict ourselves it would be for ourselves both to choose and adhere to and yet to refuse and utterly reject as it were the very same thing no wonder this is contrary to nature no wonder that such a self-opposition and inward war with a man's self naturally begets unquietness and raises disturbance in his mind a thus approving of actions because we therein act as in agreement with ourselves or as one with ourselves and of thus disapproving and being uneasy in the consciousness of disagreeing and being inconsistent with ourselves in what we do is quite a different thing from approving or disapproving actions because in them we agree and are united with being in general which is loving or hating actions from a sense of the primary beauty of true virtue and odiousness of sin the former of these principles is private the latter is public and truly benevolent in the highest sense the former that is an inclination to agree with ourselves is a natural principle but the latter that is an agreement or union of heart to the great system and to god the head of it who is all and all in it is a divine principle in that uneasiness now mentioned consists very much of that inward trouble men have from reflections of conscience and when they are free from this uneasiness and are conscious to themselves that in what they have acted towards others they have done the same which they should have expected from them in the same case then they have what is called peace of conscience with respect to these actions 
and there is also an approbation of conscience of the conduct of others towards ourselves as when we are blamed condemned or punished by them and are conscious to ourselves that if we were in their case and they in ours we should in like manner blame condemn and punish them and thus men's consciences may justify god's anger and condemnation when they have the ideas of god's greatness their relation to him the benefits they have received from him the manifestations he has made of his will to them etc strongly impressed on their minds a consciousness is excited within them of those resentments which would be occasioned in themselves by an injurious treatment in any wise parallel there is such a consciousness as this oftentimes within men implied in the thoughts and views of the mind which perhaps on reflection they could hardly give an account of unless men's consciences are greatly stupefied it is naturally and necessarily suggested and does habitually spontaneously instantaneously and as it were insensibly arise in the mind and the more so for this reason videli said that we have not nor ever had from our infancy any other way to conceive of anything which other persons act or suffer or of anything about intelligent moral agents but by recalling and exciting the ideas of what we ourselves are conscious of in the acts passions sensations volitions etc which we have found in our own minds and by putting the ideas which we obtain by this means in the place of another or as it were substituting ourselves in their place thus we have no conception in any degree what understanding perception love pleasure pain or desire are in others but by putting ourselves as it were in their stead or transferring the ideas we obtain of such things in our own minds by consciousness into their place making such an alteration as to degree and circumstances as what we observe of them requires tis thus in all moral things that we conceive of in others which are all mental and not corporeal things and everything that we conceive of belonging to others more than shape size complexion situation and motion of their bodies and this is the only way that we come to be capable of having ideas of any perception or act even of the godhead we never could have any notion what understanding or volition love or hatred are either in created spirits or in god if we had never experienced what understanding and volition love and hatred are in our own minds knowing what they are by consciousness we can add degrees and deny limits and remove changeableness and other imperfections and ascribe them to god which is the only way we come to be capable of conceiving of anything in the deity but though it be so that men in thinking of others do as it were put themselves in their place they do it so naturally or rather habitually instantaneously and without set purpose that they do it insensibly and can scarce give any account of it and many would think it strange if they were told of it so it may be in men substituting themselves in others place in such exercises of conscience as have been spoken of and the former substitution leads to the latter in one whose conscience is not greatly stupefied for in all his thoughts of the other person in whatever he apprehends or conceives of his moral conduct to others or to himself if it be in loving or hating him approving or condemning him rewarding or punishing him he necessarily as it were puts himself in his stead for the aforementioned reason 
and therefore the more naturally easily and quietly sees whether he being in his place should approve or condemn be angry or pleased as he is natural conscience consists in these two things one in that which has now been spoken of that disposition to approve or disapprove the moral treatment which passes between us and others from a determination of the mind to be easy or uneasy in a consciousness of our being consistent or inconsistent with ourselves hereby we have a disposition to approve our own treatment of another when we are conscious to ourselves that we treat him so as we should expect to be treated by him were he in our case and we in his and to disapprove of our own treatment of another when we are conscious that we should be displeased with the like treatment from him if we were in his case so we in our consciences approve of another's treatment of us if we are conscious to ourselves that if we were in his case and he in ours we should think it just to treat him as he treats us and disapprove his treatment of us when we are conscious that we should think it unjust if we were in his case thus men's consciences approve or disapprove the sentence of their judge by which they are acquitted or condemned but this is not all that is in natural conscience besides this approving or disapproving from uneasiness as being inconsistent with ourselves there is another thing that must precede it and be the foundation of it as for instance when my conscience disapproves my own treatment of another being conscious to myself that were i in his case i should be displeased and angry with him for so treating me the question might be asked but what would be the ground of that supposed disapprobation displeasure and anger which i am conscious would be in me in that case that disapprobation must be on some other grounds therefore two the other thing which belongs to the approbation or disapprobation of natural conscience is the sense of desert which was spoken of before consisting as was observed in a natural agreement proportion and harmony between malevolence or injury and resentment and punishment or between loving and being loved between showing kindness and being rewarded etc both these kinds of approving or disapproving concur in the approbation or disapprobation of conscience the one founded on the other thus when a man's conscience disapproves of his treatment of his neighbour in the first place he is conscious that if he were in his neighbour's stead he should resent such treatment from a sense of justice or from a sense of uniformity and equality between such treatment and resentment and punishment as before explained and then in the next place he perceives that therefore he is not consistent with himself in doing what he himself should resent in that case and hence disapproves it as being naturally averse to opposition to himself approbation and disapprobation of conscience in the sense now explained will extend to all virtue and vice to everything whatsoever that is morally good or evil in a mind which does not confine its view to a private sphere but will take things in general into its consideration and is free from speculative error for as all virtue or moral good may be resolved into love to others either god or creatures so men easily see the uniformity and natural agreement there is between loving others and being accepted and favoured by others and all vice sin or moral evil summarily consisting in the want of this love to others 
or in the contrary videlicet hatred or malevolence so men easily see the natural agreement there is between hating and doing ill to others and being hated by them and suffering ill from them or from him that acts for all and has the care of the whole system and as this sense of equality and natural agreement extends to all moral good and evil so this lays a foundation of an equal extent with the other kind of approbation and disapprobation which is grounded upon it arising from an aversion to self-inconsistence and opposition for in all cases of benevolence or the contrary towards others we are capable of putting ourselves in the place of others and are naturally led to do it and so of reflecting or being conscious to ourselves how we should like or dislike such treatment from others thus natural conscience if the understanding be properly enlightened and errors and blinding stupefying prejudices are removed concurs with the law of god and is of equal extent with it and joins its voice with it in every article and thus in particular we may see in what respect this natural conscience that has been described extends to true virtue consisting in union of heart to being in general and supreme love to god for although it sees not or rather does not taste its primary and essential beauty that is it tastes no sweetness and benevolence to being in general simply considered or loves it not for being in general's sake for nothing but general benevolence itself can do that yet this natural conscience common to mankind may approve of it from that uniformity equality and justice which there is in it and the demerit which is seen in the contrary consisting in the natural agreement between the contrary and being hated of being in general men by natural conscience may see the justice or natural agreement there is in yielding all to god as we receive all from god and the justice there is in being his that has made us and being willingly so which is the same as being dependent on his will and conformed to his will in the manner of our being as we are for our being itself and in the conformity of our will to his will on whose will we are universally and most perfectly dependent and also the justice there is in our supreme love to god from his goodness the natural agreement there is between our having supreme respect to him who exercises infinite goodness to us and from whom we receive all well-being besides that disagreement and discord appears worse to natural sense as was observed before in things nearly related and of great importance and therefore it must appear very ill as it respects the infinite being and in that infinitely great relation which there is between the creator and his creatures and tis easy to conceive how that sense which is in natural conscience should see the desert of punishment which there is in the contrary of true virtue the daily set opposition and enmity to being in general for this is only to see the natural agreement there is between opposing being in general and being opposed by being in general with a consciousness how that if we were infinitely great we should expect to be regarded according to our greatness and should proportionably resent contempt thus natural conscience if well informed will approve of true virtue and will disapprove and condemn the want of it and opposition to it and yet without seeing the true beauty of it yea if men's consciences were fully enlightened 
if they were delivered from being confined to a private sphere and brought to view and consider things in general and delivered from being stupefied by sensual objects and appetites as they will be at the day of judgment they would approve nothing but true virtue nothing but general benevolence and those affections and actions that are consistent with it and subordinate to it for they must see that consent to being in general and supreme respect to the being of beings is most just and that everything which is inconsistent with it and interferes with it or flows from the want of it is unjust and deserves the opposition of universal existence thus has god established and ordered that this principle of natural conscience which though it implies no such thing as actual benevolence to being in general nor any delight in such a principle simply considered and so implies no truly spiritual sense or virtuous taste yet should approve and condemn the same things that are approved and condemned by a spiritual sense or virtuous taste that moral sense which is natural to mankind so far as it is disinterested and not founded in association of ideas is the same with this natural conscience that has been described the sense of moral good and evil and that disposition to approve virtue and disapprove vice which men have by natural conscience is that moral sense so much insisted on in the writings of many of late a misunderstanding of which seems to have been the thing that has misled those moralists who have insisted on a disinterested moral sense universal in the world of mankind as an evidence of a disposition to true virtue consisting in a benevolent temper naturally implanted in the minds of all men some of the arguments made use of by these writers do indeed prove that there is a moral sense or taste universal among men distinct from what arises from self-love though i humbly conceive there is some confusion in their discourses on the subject and not a proper distinction observed in the instances of men's approbation of virtue which they produce some of which are not to their purpose being instances of that approbation of virtue that was described which arises from self-love but other instances prove that there is a moral taste or sense of moral good and evil natural to all which don't properly arise from self-love yet i conceive there are no instances of this kind which may not be referred to natural conscience and particularly to that which i have observed to be primary in the approbation of natural conscience videlis set a sense of desert and approbation of that natural agreement there is in manner and measure in judgment but i think it is plain from what has been said that neither this nor anything else wherein consists the sense of moral good and evil which there is in natural conscience is of the nature of a truly virtuous taste or determination of mind to relish and delight in the essential beauty of true virtue arising from a virtuous benevolence of heart but it further appears from this if the approbation of conscience were the same with the approbation of the inclination of the heart or the natural disposition and determination of the mind to love and be pleased with virtue then approbation and condemnation of conscience would always be in proportion to the virtuous temper of the mind or rather the degree would be just the same in that person who had a high degree of a virtuous temper therefore the testimony of conscience in favour of virtue would be equally full but he that had but little would have as little a degree of the testimony of conscience for virtue and against vice but i think the case is evidently otherwise 
Some men, through the strength of vice in their hearts, will go on in sin against clearer light and stronger convictions of conscience than others. If conscience's approving duty and disapproving sin were the same thing as the exercise of a virtuous principle of the heart in loving duty and hating sin, then remorse or conscience will be the same thing as repentance. And just in the same degree, as the sinner feels remorse of conscience for sin, in the same degree is his heart turned from the love of sin to the hatred of it, inasmuch as they are the very same thing. Christians have the greatest reason to believe from the scriptures that in the future day of the revelation of the righteous judgment of God, when sinners shall be called to answer before their judge, and all their wickedness and all its aggravations brought forth, and clearly manifested in the perfect light of that day and god will reprove them and set their sins in order before them their consciences will be greatly awakened and convinced their mouths will be stopped all stupidity of conscience will be at an end and conscience will have its full exercise and therefore their consciences will approve the dreadful sentence of the judge against them and seeing that they have deserved so great a punishment will join with the judge in condemning them and this according to the notion i am opposing would be the same thing as then being brought to the fullest repentance their hearts being perfectly changed to hate sin and love holiness and virtue or holiness of heart in them will be brought to the most full and perfect exercise but how much otherwise have we reason to suppose it will then be the daily set that the sin and wickedness of their heart will come to its highest dominion and completest exercise that they shall be wholly left of god and given up to their wickedness even as the devils are when god has done waiting on sinners and his spirit done striving with them he will not restrain their wickedness as he does now but sin shall then rage in their hearts as a fire no longer restrained or kept under tis proper for a judge when he condemns a criminal to endeavour so to set his guilt before him as to convince his conscience of the justice of the sentence. This the Almighty will do effectually and do to perfection, so as most thoroughly to awaken and convince the conscience. But if natural conscience and the disposition of the heart to be pleased with virtue were the same, then at the same time that the conscience was brought to its perfect exercise, the heart would be made perfectly holy or would have the exercise of true virtue and holiness in perfect benevolence of temper. But instead of this, their wickedness will then be brought to perfection, and wicked men will become very devils, and accordingly will be sent away as cursed into everlasting fire prepared for the devil and his angels. But supposing natural conscience to be what has been described, all these difficulties and absurdities are wholly avoided sinners when they see the greatness of the being whom they have lived in contempt of and in rebellion and opposition to and have clearly set before them their obligations to him as their creator preserver benefactor etc together with the degree in which they have acted as enemies to him may have a clear sense of the desert of their sin consisting in the natural agreement there is between such contempt and opposition of such a being and his despising and opposing them between their being and acting as so great enemies to such a god and their suffering the dreadful consequences of his being and acting as their great enemy and their being conscious within themselves of the degree of anger which would naturally arise in their own hearts in such a case 
if they were in the place and state of their judge in order to these things there is no need of a virtuous benevolent temper relishing and delighting in benevolence and loathing the contrary the conscience may see the natural agreement between opposing and being opposed between hating and being hated without abhorring malevolence from a benevolent temper of mind or without loving god from a view of the beauty of his holiness these things have no necessary dependence one on the other End of chapter 5 Recording by Expatriate in Bangor, Maine